Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're going to continue to look for ways uh, that we can put money back in Rhode Islanders' pockets. Last year, we did the car tax. We did a child tax credit. That's new Senate Majority Leader Ryan Pearson in with me today, along with Senate President Dominic Ruggiero, as the legislature gets back to business. Holding the powerful accountable from Washington, D.C. to right here in southern New England. This is 10 News Conference with Gene Valicente. And the housing czar falls short and falls on his sword. Let's start again. Rhode Island's first housing secretary, Josh Saul, resigned following weeks of withering criticism from both parties. It's a setback for the governor who hired him. Good morning. I'm Gene Valicente. This is 10 News Conference. Let's talk about all of that with my guests and a lot more. Rhode Island Senate President Dominic Ruggiero is in with me, along with Majority Leader Ryan Pearson, the top Democrats on that side of the building. Thanks, and thanks for coming in, and Happy New Year. I guess it's not too late to say that. Happy New Year to you, Gene. Let's begin with Josh Saul. Boy, uh... Failure in getting the report in, and when he got it in, it wasn't complete, and then the tents on the State House. Where do you want to begin with him? Well, first of all, he was in an acting capacity, and uh, we did not have the opportunity to confirm him last year because of the end of the session. So uh, we felt that it was uh, important to have something there to let him begin his, his term, and uh, we knew he didn't have any staff. Uh, however, we expected him to do something uh, uh, something while he was there, and it wasn't, and nothing was happening. So uh, obviously, there was a lot of criticism uh, from uh, both parties uh, and from some of the public and some of the people in the housing community. So, uh, I mean, I, it's the governor's choice. Uh, the gentleman yep. resigned, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. All right. So he's gone now. With the new broom sweeps clean. The new broom might be. Uh, they heard this, uh, Stephen Pryor. Former yeah. Commerce Secretary, I'm not breaking news. That's the buzz up in your halls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, certainly that's going to be the governor's appointment to make. I think the important thing as we look at this is the legislature has committed unprecedented levels yes. uh, to support housing at every price point in every community. You know, we talk a lot about the homeless, affordable housing, but housing is something that uh, Rhode Islanders, again, at every price point and in every community need. And we need to make sure the governor finds someone who can execute on that. Uh, we've committed a lot of resources, and quite frankly, we expect good execution on that. Well, listen, you guys in the legislature, Speaker Shikarchi pointed us, you've given millions and millions. You hundreds of millions. Hundreds of millions. You gave 10 million the crossroads yeah. the last time around. And yet we had tents up at the State House that you had to walk past. That was a shame that that was allowed to actually form. What's your, what's your take on that, Senate President? I didn't think that was the appropriate place to do that. Uh, we have a lot of uh, groups that come up and protest at the State House. Uh, I, I just didn't think that was the right area. And, and you know what? I was disappointed at housing. Uh, I think they should have went up and made a more conscious effort uh, to get those people housing that were outside of the mm -hmm. state house. Uh, so I'm, I'm not pleased with what's been happening with housing. Uh, as, as the leader said, yeah. uh, we gave them unprecedented amounts of money this year. Right. And it, they haven't really been getting the money out as quickly as possible, uh, or as they should. Uh, so we're going to take a look at that. Well, you're being pretty frank with me. Are you at this frank with Governor McKee when you see him? Do you say, Governor, hundreds of millions, 
10 million to crossroads, millions and millions to rent hotel rooms last year. Do yeah. you speak frankly with him? To the governor and also to everyone on his staff and many others throughout his cabinet. Uh, this is a conversation we consistently have been having. Uh, just the Finance Committee just last night uh, met, chaired by our, our Senator De Palma, uh, and reviewed with the Director of Administration and his top official overseeing the spending to make sure that they're on pace. And so the Senate's going to keep up its activities, both one-on-one, -on -one, the President uh, meets with the governor often, uh, and also through our committees. It's not a, it's not a money issue. Uh, now, affordable housing, this is the buzzword. Everybody talks about that. It's in almost every speech. Affordable housing means free housing at some point, right? There are people who can't work, who, who can't hold a job down. We've seen these. Some of these homeless people, they're drug addicted. They've got other social problems. So yeah. affordable housing at some point for a certain sector will mean free housing. Is that correct? I don't know if it means free housing. It means subsidized housing, obviously. But, it, it, I mean, let's, let's go a little farther. Yeah. You need uh, workforce housing also, and that's a little more expensive as far as those houses than uh, than the affordable housing uh, uh, group. So um, I, it, the housing is is a problem uh, for everyone, I think, in the state. Even those uh, uh, young families that are just starting out, uh, it's the affordability. Obviously, the interest rates are, are high uh, right now. It's a, it's a different uh, mm -hmm. it's a different situation than it was a year ago. Uh, so um, we're going to take a deep dive and take a look at housing as a whole uh, this year and see what we have to do to rectify the situation. And part of the funding that we provided was not only for folks that are suffering from homelessness to be sheltered, mm -hmm. but also for those wraparound services to get them the assistance if they have substance abuse issues, to get them uh, labor training, to get them a job. Uh, there's a lot of wraparound services that we provided funding for and that a lot of these departments and partners are on the hook to deliver. Uh, to make sure that we can transition as many of these people uh, into permanent housing and permanent uh, lifestyle changes. All right, well, let's hope the news are whoever that is comes in and is going to do a better job than we've done. And the, the problem persists. It's been with us for years. Some of this stuff appears to be unsolvable, but perhaps perhaps we need to be a little op optimistic that we can help the homeless and do a little better by them and uh, coming. Now, let's talk about the schools. We need to do better with the schools as well. Uh, you know, the Education Commission, not that long ago, she said three to five years until we get back on track. And that's not Providence, where the state continues its takeover. You, you were on with me, uh, I think even before the takeover, and you said, I'm gonna, I want a real role in these schools, and we have to look at everything. Do we still, where do we stand with this? Well, we're gonna take a, a very uh, deep dive regarding schools and education, uh, per se. Uh, there's a lot of things happening. I think everything is, a lot of the ills of what we're going through right now is surrounded on education. Uh, we've done, uh, obviously, we've uh, done bond referendum uh, to improve the condition of these schools. Uh, there's learning loss that we have to deal with. There's mental health issues, not just with the students, but also with the teachers. Uh, they're being affected by everything that has happened since COVID. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, issues going around. Uh, we're very supportive of uh, universal, uh, universal pre-kindergarten. Uh, for three and four year olds, I think they have to get into school qu uh, quicker, get, get educated a little earlier, especially when you're in a global economy and especially with the learning loss that we've experienced in the state. You know, I know Providence, the governor took the Providence schools over. That was Governor Raimondo. Governor McKee, he's like the de facto superintendent. How much do you want in on the direction of that school system? At what point is it pulled back? And how about the mayor a couple of weeks ago telling me on this very program, I'm not going to send my my little boy there, yeah. not sending the public schools, absolutely not. What's your yeah. take on all this? Well, the Senate over the last few years took a series of actions. So in 2019, we uh, brought in a new accountability law. Uh, it gave more power to principals, uh, more power to local superintendents. Uh, also required high quality curriculum to be in every school. 
those things are beginning to burn in and we should begin to see those results. I think that's statewide. I think specific to Providence, I know Mayor Smiley uh, just did a full listening session mm -hmm. uh, last weekend and his, at the end of his first week in office. And I think he's gonna be a very active mayor on education and I think he's gonna wanna have uh, a role and help lead that system through. I think you know all eyes are on Providence for a good reason, mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of folks there that are going to continue their work. Um, but we also can't forget about Pawtucket. We can't forget about Woonsocket. No. We can't forget the about the scores are worse, by the way, and their yeah. funding in some of those situations yes. is worse in those communities. And so we have to make sure that every community is being brought up, and our focus remains across the entire state. Yeah, uh, Senate President, did I? Am I correct? You echoed Mayor Alorza's comments about you don't want to send your grandchildren. To a public school that would be in that kind of a shape, do you? Did I hear it correctly? Uh, that is absolutely correct. Why would I want to send my grandchildren, or if, if I, you know, my children are older, why would I want to send them to a failing system? Mayor Alorza also said it's the teachers that are the problem as well. He said I couldn't wrestle control of that teachers' union. And how about the other mayors who came out, previous mayors, and said, Brett Smiley, get off on the right foot. Make sure you get the upper hand on them before they get the upper hand on you. I think it's a negotiating process. I think the teachers have some great ideas. Uh, keep in mind, they're the ones on the front lines. They see what happens every day. They see whether the parents are involved. They see uh, what, the, what the kids are doing. They know about their learning loss. They know about everything about those students that they have in their classes. Uh, I think the teachers uh, can be very uh, uh, positive as far as their contributions. Uh, but I think you need everyone all in. I, I think you need the parents in. I think you need uh, government on the highest level in. Uh, it's not just uh, one group is going to fix the whole situation. I, I don't see that happening. And, and I, I think, Gene, on that too, when Mayor Lorza had that event where he basically said, you know, get these concessions in the contract or go 50% charter school, uh, just Mayor Lorza was completely wrong about that. You don't have to look to New Orleans uh, to see how a majority charter system works. Just mm -hmm. look at Central Falls. A, dis a system that's been in state control for many, many years, a system that is 50% charter school, it hasn't fixed Central Falls. And so let's not try to take you know, prescriptions that didn't work just here in Rhode Island, never mind elsewhere in the country, and try to apply that to Providence. It's just flat out wrong. The two topics we just talked about, uh, you know, hundreds of millions we've thrown at homelessness and affordable housing. Hundreds, uh, over time, hun hundreds of millions we've thrown at the Providence school system over time. Like maybe somebody sitting at home saying, <laughs> Hundreds of millions thrown all over the place and no action, no results. This isn't a new problem. This has been going on for the past four decades as far as the situation in Providence. Mm -hmm. uh, they've had a failing system for years. It just hasn't, people just haven't picked up on it yet. And this is what is starting to happen now. And as I said, combined with the coronavirus and everything that's happening, mm -hmm. learning loss and things like that, it, 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 it exacerbates the situation. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, now this is a topic I didn't expect to bring up until I saw the news last night. Sounds like we need a new maximum security prison at the ACI, and that's going to cost a lot of money. I'm going to ask you about that when we come back. Stay with us. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. 
Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to 10 News Conference. Senate President and the new majority leader is with us. Senate President, uh, I don't know if maybe this wasn't on your topic list or mine until last night. It sounds like we need a new maximum security prison over at the ACI, the old Shawshank Redemption on Pontiac Avenue. The outgoing uh, director said, yeah, it's 144 years old. Has this been on the radar at all? Because that's a big expense. I'm going to let my majority leader address that because he was the finance uh, committee chair at the time. So I'm going to let Ryan address that. Please. But you're not surprised that it takes 144 years old. No. You're a Rhode Islander all your life. You, you know that thing. All right, well, what do you think about it? Yeah, corrections came in last year with a series of ask. Uh, some on physical condition changes to that building, uh, some on technology. Uh, very, very outdated uh, technology point to that radios didn't even work in the building for correctional officers to communicate a lot of issues. Mm -hmm. We did appropriate uh, all of the funds that were requested last year by the administration uh, for those topics. We look forward to a new proposal coming from the administration on how to continue upgrading that facility. It just doesn't fit the day. Well, you won't be surprised if somebody says build a new one. No, not it's at time, all. It's time. It's due. At that age of a building, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all that it becomes more cost efficient to knock it down and build something new than, than to try to renovate, renovate it. But we'll wait for the experts to come back in and give us a recommendation. Sometimes they take those old prisons, they make them a luxury hotel, which, which I think they've done <laughs> in Boston. They've done it around the world. We'll see if that's I don't know what's going to happen Carlton, here, yeah. The Rich Carlton in Rhode Island. Uh, coming. Let's talk about the budget. What's the yeah. uh, what's what's the amount between the CARES money that was unspent, the surplus money? Was it yeah. 650 million dollars? About 610 million. 610. Um, and it's important to understand what's driving that. And there's really kind of three things. The first is the Rhode Island economy continues to do very very well. And so when we did the budget, we assumed that there'd be some softening, maybe a recession. We haven't seen that, and the forecasts for that are getting better. Uh, and they're getting pushed out further. And so uh, tax collections continue to come in. Rhode Islanders yeah. continue to spend. That's a big piece of it. Uh, there is some piece of it that is federal money. We're continuing to get some reimbursements on the healthcare side. Uh, and then the third thing is staff vacancies. We have over 1,000 open jobs in state government. Uh, when you have 1,000 open jobs in state government, and these are some of them are correctional officers. Yeah. Uh, these are jobs you have to fill uh, that are open. It creates a lot of surplus in the budget because we're not paying the salaries for those people. You know, I had your Republican counterparts in last week, and we were talking about some of this money and what Massachusetts did. Massachusetts yeah. cut a check and sent money back to the taxpayers. Is that something you would entertain? Uh, not at this time. As the, uh, as the majority leader said, we're concerned about the uh, potential recession. We don't know when it's coming. We don't know how severe it's going yep. to be. I think the best thing that we can do at this point in time is put some more money in the rainy day fund and uh, sit back. And, and uh, I mean, if, if people need money, we'll yep. find that out. Uh, uh, we'll, we we'll, we'll take take care of those people that, uh, that are the most needy. And our objective this past year was to put more money in the pockets of uh, the residents of the state of Rhode Island okay. because of the inflation. But let me just press you a little bit because in Massachusetts they actually sent money back to the taxpayers regardless of your, your status in life or your income. If you yeah. paid, you're going to get back because it's owed you. you. You don't want something like that? I don't think that's appropriate at this point in time. And we did do, we, while we didn't do direct checks back to consumers mm -hmm. or to residents here in Rhode Island, 
we did do immediate elimination of the car tax. That was a bill that Rhode Islanders would have had to pay was immediate tax cut money let, kept, kept in their pocket. We did do a child tax credit. We ensured that families had that additional money. Uh, we did get rid of the tax on military pensions. We did raise the exemption on retirement income for anybody uh, who is retired and receiving retirement income, the amount of money that they get to keep tax free. Okay. We made a bunch of series of changes that got money back into Rhode Islanders' pockets uh, that weren't just a, hey, here's a check, but long-term things that you'll never pay a car tax again. So rather than a one-time hit, we made sure it was something Rhode Islanders keep forever. So you're saying you haven't been Scrooge, hoarding it. Absolutely you, you know, not. Been, as the President mentioned, we've been very focused on getting money back into Rhode Islanders' pockets as much as we possibly can, and in a permanent way, versus the one-time checks that Massachusetts did. Okay, now Speaker Sikarchi said all the hands are out. I think last time we had a billion dollars, it was 12 million in asks. Everybody's got their hands out. Who do you prioritize? Who gets your attention for asking for money? Well, obviously, at the top? It's, it's what the issues are. And the issues are ever changing. Uh, we're, we're concerned with health care, uh, not, not only health care in general, uh, what's going to happen with the state, but also health care uh, as it relates to some of these hospitals. Uh, I have two uh, hospitals uh, that are close to my district. One is in my district uh, that is looking to close. Uh, we have to take care of our health care system, uh, try to recruit people in that that business, uh, try to get the uh, the primary care physicians to come to Rhode Island, mm -hmm. uh, that's what we're trying to attract. And you're not going to do that by closing hospitals. And uh, and then obviously you have to provide the service to the residents of the state. So uh, uh, the issues are always ever-changing, not just yeah. the one issue is standing out there this year uh, that we're going to address. It's a, sort of a compilation of everything else that's going on out. There's a profit hospital coming to Johnston, I, I understand. Is that, part, is that your district? No. You, you reckon that part? You're next door? Yes. All right, okay. Uh, you know about this for-profit hospital coming to Johnson. That's good news. By the way, we'll get to Johnson in just a bit. I know you're at the inauguration, uh, handing one, one father handing off to the other father. What's at the top of your list? I think, as the President mentioned, health care is a big, big issue uh, for us, I think, both on the Medicaid side. Uh, we have continued investments we have to make there. Uh, there's something, Gene, that's actually interesting. The state, when it doesn't invest in Medicaid, what all we're doing is, doesn't mean that those residents aren't getting care. Uh, it doesn't mean that those costs aren't being borne. It just means there's a hidden tax in everyone's private health insurance premiums. And so the state needs to continue our investments in Medicare to stabilize the system and help bring private health insurance premiums down. And I think that's something the President and I have been keeping good eye on and a good amount of our members have pushed on it. Uh, and the second, as the President mentioned, it's about the issues we're working on. Education's an issue we're working on. Mm -hmm. uh, we know we have continued work we need to do there to catch up all those communities we mentioned, Winsocket, Pawtucket, Providence. Uh, there's a lot of work we have to do in those fronts, and so it's going to require some resources. Yeah, we're also footing the bill for the truck toll appeal. Would you support that? Do you think we can win that? I am supporting the truck toll appeal. Uh, yes, I think we can win that eventually. What happens if it doesn't go our way? Well, uh, obviously we're going to have to find a way to fund our roads and bridges. Uh, I thought the uh, uh, the truck toll was the best route to go, mm -hmm. um, but we'll have to sit back and see. Uh, we do have, use the uh, gas tax uh, to fund some of the, that, that work, mm -hmm. uh, usually on the match, but uh, obviously we were looking, because of the conditions of our roads, we were looking for something uh, yeah. a, a, little more, uh, a little more lucrative as far as collections. What's your recollection on how the truck toll idea came about? Was that just a light bulb that went off in Junior Raimondo's head, or were there a lot of other hands and think tanks and powerful people in Washington who had been pushing that kind of idea and said, why don't you, why don't you experiment with Rhode Island? Is that your recollection? Uh, that, that was kind of in between the time I was the majority leader and the, uh, the president. Uh, I asked the governor, Gina, at the time yeah. uh, if it would, would stand constitutional must muster. Yeah. Uh, her legal counsel and her legal department assured me that it would. 
So obviously, once we get those assurances, uh, we move forward to pass the, uh, uh, the truck tow legislation. All right, let's talk about small businesses. What have you got from them? So we just actually heard from Commerce last night about them getting a various uh, programs out to them. And so there's been a lot of assistance programs to help small businesses catch up and make sure they were in good health uh, post-pandemic. We're seeing that in the numbers and the tax collections that are coming in. Businesses are doing okay, and that's, that's really good. Uh, one of the things that we did do in the last session was we took $100 million of some of the funding we had, and we put it into uh, the Unemployment Trust Fund. Uh, and what that did is it made sure that, one, the resources would be available there for Rhode Islanders if we have a recession and unemployment spikes, but it immediately brought the taxes down for every small business uh, in Rhode Island, every business in Rhode Island uh, that pays unemployment tax and brought that tax rate down, saving them millions a year. Uh, so we're consistently doing everything we can to get some of these programs out to make sure they're, they're in good shape, uh, hold, not only hold the line on taxes on them, but also get uh, resources back into their pockets like that UI tax cut. I've just got about 30 seconds left. We had the Republicans in last week, and, and I said, you know, some people say some of these Democrats might be Republicans if they thought they could win with an R next to their name. What do you think about that? Some of the more conservative Democrats as opposed to the more progressives. Uh, look, I, I think that some of these races, the, the way they've gone in the past couple of years, I think anything can happen in an election. Uh, but uh, I, I don't see that as being, you know, being yeah. the route to go. And they also said, by the way, they're going to copy what you do successfully with regard to the, getting the early, the mail-in vote and the early votes and working the places where the seniors are. I Ac guess that's a compliment. Access to the ballot box and getting more Rhode Islanders to vote is only a good thing. If the Republicans want to join us in that, we're happy to have them work with us. Thanks for coming in to both of you. Good luck in the new session. Uh, thank, thank you so much. Thank you, Gene. We'll have you Always great again. to be here. Senate President and the Majority Leader. Thank you.